I am a New Year junkie. If you know anything about me, you've been around here long, you read any things that I write, like I love, I feel about New Year's the way that my wife feels about Christmas. Like I start planning like three months ahead, like I am all about the New Year, I love making goals. Andrew and I got, got childcare a couple nights ago, a week or two ago, just went out, had dinner by ourselves, and just, just talked 2017 goals. I mean, I'm such a nerd, but I don't even care. Like, I'm going to own it because I love it. I love it. I love it. And, uh, and so there's nothing as exciting as a new year for me. And the reason I love it is because just the opportunity of, of new possibilities. Who doesn't love new possibilities? Who doesn't love the idea that maybe something could change, something could be different? Who doesn't love the idea that maybe the worst parts about you don't have to go with you into the new year? Like, I just, I love that. And, and I know that there are cynics out there, and I know there are devil's advocates out there who want to make fun of you for having a goal, who want to make fun of you for having a, a resolution. You know, you, you decide you want to join a gym or lose weight, and you tell somebody that you think is going to be excited for you, and they say something stupid like, oh, yeah, we'll see how long that lasts, right? You ever have those type of friends? Just deflate the balloon, right? Uh, you know, just punch them in the face. Um, but I'm not that guy. I'm not devil's advocate, senate guy in your life. I want you to know, man, if you got a dream, go for it. If you got a goal, do it. Um, and uh, write it down. Write it down because you got a 42% more likely chance to accomplish something you write down as opposed to just think about. And uh, 2016, uh, we were able to accomplish some stuff as the family. It was cool. I ran my first half marathon in 2016. Excited about that. I'm going to try to run a full in 2017, but we'll see how that goes. Um, and uh, just a bunch of cool stuff that happened in 2016. Got a bunch of goals written up for 2017. So I just want to encourage you, write some stuff down. Put it somewhere where you can see it. Tell Siri to remind you. Like, you got a goal? Say, Siri, remind me on February 1st and whatever the goal is. Like, so you're going to remember. Siri, remind me in August, and you can know. But I'm excited. New year. And we're going to be starting a brand-new series next week. Goes along with our 21 days uh, of prayer and fasting. We're going to be starting a brand-new series next week called Mountains Move. And it's just a real, it's a series really about building faith. What are those mountains that you need to have moved in your life? What are those mountains we're praying to be moved? What are those giants that need to fall in our lives? And uh, it's going to be a good time. But that gave me a chance this week to just kind of start the year uh, however we wanted to start it. And, and I'm, I want to do something kind of different uh, this, this, this morning. And we'll get to that in just a second. But I thought before we jumped into the message uh, we could just talk a little bit about uh, those New Year's resolutions I was just mentioning. Found online the eight top New Year's resolutions for 2016. So these were the eight most popular resolutions for 2016. I would imagine after reading the list, they're probably the most popular resolutions everywhere. every year. They kind of uh, rehash themselves. But I'm, I'm going to call a couple of these out, and, and maybe, if, maybe this is your goal. Uh, maybe this is where you're ready to, like, this is yours. Maybe you don't have one and you want to claim one of these. But these are, these are just the eight most popular uh, New Year's resolu resolution goals. Number eight, we're going to go eight to one. Number eight, most popular resolution in 2016 was want to read more books. Anybody, that's your goal. You want to read more books in 2016. What about audiobooks? Anybody want to listen to audiobooks? Anybody want to watch more movies in 2016? There we go. Okay, all right. Why read the book when you can watch the movie, right? Okay, um, that's terrible advice. All right, number seven. New Year's goal, 2016. Number seven, want to travel more. Anybody's resolution to travel more? 
Okay, we'll get to the ones you guys like in a second. We'll keep going. Here we go. Uh, number six, want to learn something new. Want to learn something new. Anybody want to learn something new? There we go. All right. Are you just doing that to make me feel better, or you really want to learn something new? Okay. You want to learn something new. That's good. That's good. Want to learn something new. Um, number five, you want to get organized. Anybody want to get organized in 2017? Like, I love that not everybody raises their hand because you're like, you know what? I've tried like 10 years in a row. I'm just not going to be organized. Like, I'm just, I'm going to own my organized chaos. Yeah, 2017, that's it. I'm going to buy $500 worth of Tupperware and drawers at Target. We are organizing that garage. Um, okay, number four. I want to spend more time with family and friends. Anybody want to spend more time with family? Some of you are like, I don't want to be near my family. Uh, family friends. Number three, here we go. I think we're getting to the ones that everybody kind of relates to. Number three, want to save more money. Anybody wanting to save more money? Anybody wanting to make more money? Anybody? Okay, that helps. They go together. Want to slow down and enjoy life more? Anybody? And number one, come on, you know what it is. Want to get in shape or lose weight? Anybody want to get in shape and lose weight? I set a goal in 2016 uh, that I wanted to lose 20 pounds, and uh, I was only 30 pounds off my goal. So uh, it, was a, it was a good, it was a good, uh, it, was, it could have been worse, you know, so anyway. So uh, Jesus was called the great teacher. You read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's so many incredible things about Jesus, right? And uh, there's so many things we could talk about. But one of the great things about Jesus was he was called the great teacher. That when he taught, people listened. And they didn't just listen. They loved it. The Bible says that the people said he taught with authority. And what Jesus was so great at was that he was able to teach or communicate in a way that was relevant to everyone. But Jesus didn't start teaching and just telling rules and, you know, the way that these Jewish people had been raised up is they had, you know, five, six hundred kind of rules they had to live by. And Jesus showed up and he didn't focus on rules. He told stories. Jesus told stories. And there was something he would say, you know, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who went out or, you know, it's, a, it's like a man who had a son. He, he would just tell these stories. And there's something about stories that, um, that connect with us. I believe that if Jesus was alive today, I mean, he's alive, but I mean, if Jesus was living here today... Uh, I believe he would have a YouTube and an Instagram account. I think he would be, like, telling stories. And so today we're going to do something a little different. I'm going to steal a play out of uh, Jesus' playbook, and I'm going to tell some parables. I'm actually not, that's not true. I'm actually not going to tell you any parables. I want to show you some parables. I want to do a message today. We're just going to call it Trending Truth. I, I want to show you some of the most popular, most viral videos on YouTube that are going around and use them as modern parables in the way that I think Jesus liked to do uh, and learn some, some principles or some biblical truths that we can take into 2017. Uh, you know, the, bio, the, the brain is able to process the print on a page at a rate of 100 bits per second, and a picture is processed at about a billion bits per second. So people say a picture is worth a thousand words. That's not actually true. A picture is, is worth 10 million words. And so I don't exactly know what that means for video, but we're going to do it today. That, that we're just going to 
show you 10 million words instead of you listening to all of my words. So I want to show you four videos today. We're going to take them one at a time. Show you four videos today, four modern day YouTube parables and give you these, uh, these biblical truths that will help us in 2017. The first video that we're going to look at is about a kid named David who had quite the experience with his dad, uh, well, I don't want to ruin it. I'll tell you about it. This video has been viewed over 134 million times. That's a lot. Let's watch this. Yeah, I know. How did it go? I didn't feel anything. Yeah. Uh, I feel something. Kind of felt good, didn't it? Yeah, this is real life. Okay, now... Okay, now I... I have two fingers. Good. Now, four fingers. Four fingers? No, uh, uh, uh. Don't put that in... Don't put it in your mouth. Okay? You feel good? I can't see... Yes, you can. Stay in your seat. I don't feel tired. You don't? Uh-uh. No? Do I have stitches? Uh-huh. Do I have stitches? Yes. On my teeth? Yeah, don't touch it. Don't. Why can't I touch it? Because it'll mess up the stitches. Your four eyes. Yeah. I, I feel funny. Why is this happening to me? It's okay, bud. It's just from the medicine. Okay? Is this going to be forever? No. <laughs> no, it won't be forever. So in case you were not putting two and two together, David had been to the dentist that morning for some major work and had been gassed. He had gotten the gas. Uh, maybe you've had that happen to you or you had a kid. Sadie had that happen to her this year. And it's always good to get the camera out and uh, videotape for some Blackman material later on, I guess. But that video has been viewed over 134 million times. And here's what it teaches us as we head into 2017. It's a truth we already know, but maybe we forget sometimes and need to be reminded. Is that your behavior is dictated by what is influencing you. Your behavior is dictated by what's influencing you. You act the way that you act because of your influences. You say what you say because of your influences. You believe what you believe because of your influences. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, don't be fooled by those who say such things. So let's just stop for a second. What's he talking about? Apostle Paul, is, uh, earlier he had said that people were saying, hey, God doesn't matter. Life doesn't matter. Eternity doesn't matter. Just eat, drink, and be merry. Tomorrow you're going to die anyway. And the Apostle Paul says, don't be fooled by those who say such things. For bad company corrupts good character. 
You, you, your behavior is dictated by what is influencing you. Here's the truth for you. You ready? If I'm at the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people, it's almost impossible to do the right thing. Let me say that one more time. If I'm at the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people, it's almost impossible to do the right thing. You want to lose weight? Stop hanging out at Krispy Kreme. Like, it's almost impossible to do the right thing in the wrong place. You know what I mean? Like, like influence determines behavior. And we've talked before about where the Bible talks about not being unequally yoked. Um, and, and, and what that means is like the farming animals were used, they used a piece of uh, equipment called a yoke. And they would put it around the, the necks of two animals who were going to be uh, plowing the field. And the whole point of that scripture that they were talking about, that Paul was talking about, about being unequally yoked, was that if you have a strong animal and a weak animal, you can't go in a straight line. The strong animal is going to pull until you start going in circles. And so we say around here a lot of times, if you feel like your life is going in circles, you may be hitched up to the wrong people. You may be unequally yoked. You may be attaching yourself to the wrong things. Your behavior is dictated by What's influencing you? So what influences are you taking into 2017 with you? Who do you want to be? Write down who you want to be. Write down what you're wanting God to do in your life. And then ask yourself, am I putting myself around influences who are going to help me or put me in the place to believe God for more, pray for more, serve more, be more generous? Like, Am I, am I being influenced in those ways? Or am I saying I want to be this person but all my influences are making me and taking me this direction. It, it just doesn't work that way. You can't just hope you end up being who you want to be. You have to put yourself around influences that are going to take you in that direction. So that's truth number one. Your behavior is dictated by what is influencing you. All right, can I show you another one? You ready? Number two. Here we go. Uh, this has been viewed almost nine million times. It's a story. It's an incredible story. Get your tissues ready. It's a tearjerker. Get, get the tissues ready. Here is a story about some middle schoolers who did a pretty incredible thing. We end tonight with the football play of the month. It was executed with amazing precision by the Eagles, the Olivet Eagles. Steve Hartman has the play and the post-game analysis on the road. Between classes, they schemed and conspired. For weeks, the football players here at Olivet Middle School in Olivet, Michigan, secretly planned their remarkable play. Did anybody go, this is a crazy idea? No, everyone was in on it. But like the coaches didn't know anything about it. We were like going behind their back. I've just never heard of a team coming up with a plan to not score. It's just like to make someone's day, make someone's week, just make them happy. The play which was two plays, actually, happened at a home game earlier this month. The first part of their plan was to try to get as close to the goal line as possible without scoring, even if it meant taking a dive on the one-yard line, which it did. The crowd was not happy. Quarterback Parker Smith. But us kids knew, hey, we got this. This is our time. This is Keith's time. Keith Orr is the little kid in the brown jacket. He's learning disabled, struggles with boundaries, but in the sweetest possible way. Because of his special nature, it's no surprise that Keith embraces his fellow football players. Hug, Gabe. 
What is surprising is how they have embraced him. Hello. We thought it'd be cool to do something for him because we really wanted to prove that he was part of our team and he meant a lot to us. Nothing can really explain getting a touchdown when you've never had one before. Which brings us to part two of their play. If you didn't see Keith, it's because they were so protective of him. But he was in the middle of that rush. And when you crossed the goal line, what was that like? Awesome. <laughs> it was like, did he just score a touchdown? Get your camera out. <laughs> I'm like, oh, then I can't. Keith's parents, Carrie and Jim, almost missed the moment. But they got the significance. Somebody's always going to have his back from now until the day he graduates. She's right. When the football team decides you're cool, pretty much everyone follows suit. Today, Keith is a new kid. Although by no means was he the only one who was profoundly changed. What was it like for you? It was like, like once I saw him going, I was smiling like about like here. <laughs> Wide receiver Justice Miller. Like nothing could wipe that smile off my face. Why did it affect you so much? Because like, he's never been like cool or popular and he went from being like pretty much a nobody to making everyone's day. Justice admits the play wasn't his idea. I would have not really thought about that. He says it never crossed his mind to give Keith any glory. Well, I kind of went from being somebody like mostly cared about myself and my friends to caring about everyone and trying to make everyone's day and everyone's life. Which may just make that touchdown the most successful football play of all time. Steve Hartman, On the Road, in Olivet, Michigan. Incredible, right? <clears throat> I, I love the statement made by the kid there at the end. He said, it, it took me from being someone who was just pretty much focused on myself and my friends to, to being someone who wants to make everyone's day. Point number two, truth number two. You are happier when your goal is to make other people happier. You are happier when your goal in life is to make other people happier. I don't know if you've ever had a situation in life where you've ever gotten everything that you wanted. Like, that sounds so grandiose. But, I mean, there, there were times, like, as a kid, <coughs> excuse me, there were times as a kid where I would stay home from school. I'd convince my mom I was sick when I wasn't sick, and she'd let me stay home from school, right? And I would be home. <coughs> And I would think, this is the greatest day ever. I'll be able to stay home. I'll be able to watch movies and TV and do whatever I want. And, like, this is so much better than school. Did this ever happen to you? And you would do that. And by, like, 1030, you realize there's nothing on TV for kids during the day. And you're bored out of your mind. And you're wishing you would have just went ahead and went to school. Anybody remember that feeling? Yeah, totally, right? That encapsulates life in so many ways for us. That we think that if we could get what we want, if it's about us, if we could attain everything that we want, that we would truly be happy. But here's what we find out on a small scale or on a large scale. It's not about getting that makes us happy, that makes us joyful, that provides contentment for our life. It's about giving or being generous or going out of our way to make someone else happy. Luke 14, 12 through 14 Jesus was telling a parable, and he said, uh, when, you, when, you, uh, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, 
Don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, or rich neighbors, for they will invite you back, and they will, uh, that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. So let me ask you this question. What could you do to make someone's day in 2017? How could you help more people in 2017? How could you make more people smile in 2017? Because here's what I believe. I believe that when you do that, you're being like Jesus. I believe that when you make someone's day better, you're being like Jesus. When you help someone experience joy, you're being like Jesus. It's actually the mission of what we do here at Hope City Church. We want to provide or be an, a, a real hope for real life. That Jesus said, when people come to me, they, I want their heavy burdens to be exchanged for light. And so we want to be a church that makes people's day and makes people happier and helps people to feel better because life is hard. Life beats you up. So what could you do? You got a neighbor that you could help? You got a friend? You got a family member? Like, what could you do? What if you sat down today and you made out a plan once a month? Here are the 12 things I'm going to do once every month to be over-the-top, ridiculously, audaciously, I mean, unbelievably generous to help someone feel better or to make someone happier because we're happier when our goal is to make other people happier. That's truth number two. You ready? Here we go. Number three. Truth number three. We're going to watch this video that's been viewed 45 million times. 45 million times. It's a good one. Get ready. Here we go. Beloved holiday tradition. Hey, Jimmy Kimmel, I told my kids I ate all their Halloween candy. Last night I ate all your candy. Why? Because it was good. You ruined my life! Yeah, we ate it all while you were sleeping. No! Oh, man! I'm going to eat it all. I'm going to eat it all. Jimmy Kimmel said I should eat all your candy. Okay? Okay, I'm gonna eat it all. Yeah, I'm gonna eat it. Okay, this is for me. Well, let's see. Jimmy Kimmel said I should eat this too. Okay. Okay, I think I'll eat All of it? All of it. Every single bite? Yeah. You must have a bellyache. <laughs> I got hungry last night. Eat an apple! <laughs> Daddy and I ate all of your candy. Those aren't real drawers, buddy. Get out. We ate all the candy. We'll get some more next time. I ate all your candy. It's 
It was just joking. Okay? Excuse me. I told you not to. I told you. kid is my favorite. I mean, he's just so, so sweet. So there's a truth I'm going to give you in just a second. But before we even go there, some of you, like, you just feel so much better about your parenting right now. Like, you, that's the win today. You're like, okay, my kid's not like that, so we're good, right? 45 million times the video has been watched. Here is the truth that we can take with us into 2017, a commitment that we can make. You ready? Don't let other people steal your joy. Don't let other people steal your joy. I'm going to make you a promise, a 100% guarantee. Are you ready? You're going to have as many opportunities as you want this year to be offended or hurt by somebody else. Like You will have an unlimited supply of opportunities. If you want to be offended, if you want to be hurt by other people, you can be. You can choose to do that. John 16, 33, Jesus said, I've told you this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will find many trials and sorrows. Like it's going to happen. You're you're going, when you wake up tomorrow, something's going to happen and you have a choice to make. You can either get distracted, choose hurt, choose anger, choose bitterness, or you can choose joy. And when you choose to hold on to anger or bitterness, You allow someone else, you give someone else the power to dominate your thoughts, dominate your heart. You're you're giving them all the influence, and they're dominating your mind and your thought. Don't don't do it. Don't let somebody else steal or or, or, or have your joy. Now, listen, I'm not talking about the passive-aggressive, not going to let somebody steal my joy. You you know those types of people? It's like, well, I ain't even going to let it bother me. I mean, I ain't even going to let, I'm not even, you're not even, you're not even bothering me right now. Like, I'm not even going to let you bother me, steal my joy. And then you tell the story 48 times. But, I mean, the good news is I'm not even letting it bother me. The good news is I'm not even down about it. I'm not even upset about it. I'm not, like, you ever dealt with that before? Like, the passive-aggressive, like, I am completely fine. No, seriously, I'm fine. I'm talking about genuine, one-of-a-kind, like, you know what, I'm not going to let you dominate my thoughts. I'm not going to let you dominate my emotions. Something may have happened. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe you were wrong. But I'm going to choose joy. This is not my life verse, but it's one of them. I mean, it's close. I've used this in several different things. And I, I read it one day when I was reading through the Bible. I probably wouldn't have read it if I wasn't on a plan and came across this random verse in Ecclesiastes. But ever since I read it, I've just kind of grabbed a hold of it. And it's just a motto that I live by. And I want to challenge you to take this verse in with you to 2017. Are you ready? Ecclesiastes 7, 20 through 22. This is Solomon writing. And he says, 
Not a single person on earth is always good and never sins. That's the first statement. That's not the statement I want you to know. But that's the first statement. It's just know in life there's nobody perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. People who love you hurt you. People who don't love you hurt you. Like there's going to be problems. And then here's the statement. Don't eavesdrop on others. You may hear your servant curse you, for you know how often you yourself have cursed others. That is a really freeing verse if you will take hold of it. Here's what it means. If you try to find somebody who said something negative about you, if you try to investigate to figure out who's offended by you, who you bothered, who's got something to say, you'll find it every single time. Has anybody in here, I'm bad about this because I just get like distracted and go texting all fast. Has anybody in here ever thought you were sending a text to someone else about someone, but you accidentally texted the person you were talking about to someone else? You want to crawl under the bed. Like you, you don't know, you're like trying to figure out how you can lie to get out of it. Like what, I don't even know. I, just kidding, gotcha. Like. If, if Solomon, if we were gonna, if we were gonna paraphrase Solomon, I, I would almost say it like this: like, don't read other people's text messages about you, because here's the truth. If we're just being honest, like you say negative stuff about people all the time. You shouldn't, but you do. You go home and talk bad about your boss. You shouldn't, but you do. There are things that bug you about people that you care so much about. Like you go home and say something about your best friend. And you love them, and you'd take a bullet for them. You'd help them move a body. I mean, you are in. Like, this is, this is quality friendship. But they still said something that bothered you, and you went home and told your spouse about it. And if you are looking for reasons to be upset or for people to be, you know, did you know so-and-so said this? I can't believe they said this. And they posted this, and they did this. They didn't like this, or they unfriended me. Whatever it is, you'll find a reason. You will find a reason. So what if you took Ecclesiastes into 2017 with you? I'm not going to worry about what other people are saying about me, and I'm going to give the benefit of the, and the doubt, of the doubt and the grace to others that I like to give myself. I'm not a mean person, but I said some mean things sometimes. I'm not a hateful person, but I've acted hateful sometimes. Like, I'm going to give that grace, all right? So truth number three, don't let other people steal your joy, all right? Here we go. One more. We got one more. This has been viewed over 26 million times. Get your tissues back out. This one's, this one's incredible. Over 26 million times. You ready? Let's look at it. <laughs> it's like so close. There you go. We're right over it. There you go. It's creeping. So now technically your device is on. Can you tell? Can you hear your husband say something? 
<laughs> so her name is Sarah Sherman, and she was born deaf. She's 29. She was 29 years old in this video. She was born without any hair in her ears, which, caused, which means there was no vibration, which means she could not pick up the sound pulses. So for 29 years of her life, she could not hear until that moment that you just saw on video. She was able to hear for the first time. So here, here's the truth, the last truth for today, the last parable that we can take away. In 2017, God wants to use you to change someone's life. God wants to use you to change someone's life. You are not a Christian just so you don't have to go to hell. You are a Christian so that you can know God and you can introduce as many people to God as you can possibly find. The Bible doesn't use the illustration of someone being deaf, but they do use the illustration of blindness. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 4, it says, if the good news, Paul's writing, it says, if the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ who is the exact likeness of God. In other words, Paul is saying that there are people, maybe you're here today, or maybe you work with them, or maybe they live in your neighborhood, or maybe you're married to them, or maybe you're related to them, that there are people who are going through life and they look just like you look, and they sound just like you sound, but they can't see what you see. They can't understand what you understand, the love of God, the grace of God, the opportunity to know God, they just can't see it. They can't see it. The Bible says that it's only the Holy Spirit that allows and draws someone in to be able to accept the grace and the love and the forgiveness of God, to put their trust and commitment in Him. So you have the opportunity, I have the opportunity as a believer in Jesus, as an ambassador of Christ, I have the opportunity, just like the video we just saw, to go and help blind people not be blind anymore. To help people who have never seen the truth see the truth. Can I tell you how it's not gonna happen? Your stubborn opinion on Facebook, your rant about politics, your, your going off about how they messed up the order at the restaurant. It's not going to happen like that. It's going to happen by you sharing and showing the unbelievable hope and love of Jesus Christ. So who do you need, who do you know in your life that needs to see for the first time? I'm not talking about, are they a good person? I'm not talking about, are they a moral person? I'm not talking about, like, are they trustworthy? I'm talking about, who do you know life who's blind they can't see they don't know the love of God Romans 10 14 through 15 says but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him and how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him and how can they hear about him unless someone tells them 
And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Here's my hope. Here's my prayer. I want to see more people put their faith in Jesus Christ, commit their lives to Jesus Christ in 2017 than ever before. And it's one thing for me to say like, man, I really hope a lot of people, you know, find Jesus in 2017. It's a whole nother thing to say, you know what? I'm going to lead more people to Jesus Christ in 2017 than ever before. I'm gonna get them to church or I'm gonna talk to them myself or I'm gonna have them around my dinner table or or whatever it is. I'm going to be a part of that. And here's what I know to be 100% true. If I lead more people to Jesus in 2017 than I ever have and you do that and she does that and she does that, as a church, more people are going to experience the real hope transforming hope of Jesus Christ than ever before. So I hope that the video gets lodged in your brain and you picture the way Sarah was feeling when she heard for the first time. And I want you to go, and I, with the help of God, it's not on you, with the help of God, I want you and I want you to go find, some, find somebody who's blind. And I want you to love on them. Be friends with them talk about Jesus and what he's done in your life and invite him to church or however it is that you have the opportunity to share the amazing hope of Jesus Christ. I can promise you that if you are a part of leading people to the transforming hope of Jesus Christ in 2017, it will be your best year ever. It will be your most rewarding, fulfilling year ever. Because nothing can match the rush and the thrill of seeing somebody go from death to life, from blind to being able to see, from no hope to hope. So can we commit together this year, 2017? Can we commit together? You know what, Jason? I'm going to risk it a little bit. I'm going to step out of my comfort zone a little bit. I'm going to trust God a little bit. I'm going to pray a little bit more so that God could use me to, 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 to share the love of Christ someone who needs it. So four truths today from YouTube, the modern day parable, your behavior is dictated by what is influencing you. You're happier when your goal is to make other people happier. Don't let other people steal your joy and God wants to use you to change someone's life. Let's pray.